Finney. Isaiah chapter 6, the cry of missions, the cry of missions. And to save time, I'm going to read passages and just break it down to you. Isaiah chapter 6. He hears the cry, the cry of missions. It says that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to the another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. I want to tell you, first of all, what we need, if you really want to know ourselves, we got to know God first, like he is. Not our own definition of who he is, but as the Bible reveals him to be the one true God who cannot be made with hands, half elephant head and half human beings. That's one of the 33 and a half million goddesses and goddesses. The real God we are talking about who created heaven and earth sits high above everything. He sits in great glory, power. He's sovereign over everything that happens In the world, he's sovereign over everything. And guess what? Many a times, living in a prosperous nation, we set our eyes on the wrong thing. We put our gaze, our focus on the wrong thing. Like the stock market. But like Isaiah experienced, Uzziah, the mighty king, Israel in all its glory, ruling over them. And Isaiah was a prophet in his courts. And his eyes strayed a little bit, began to look at the glory of the king and all that they had accomplished. But Uzziah died. And the stock market crashes. Terrorists hit. Targets that are unbelievable. Everything that is temporal comes crashing down. Marriages are broken. What are we gazing our eyes on? It's important to know. Isaiah saw the Lord. And in the midst of crisis, folks, many times we get to see God in all his glory and his power. He saw him. The whole earth was filled with his glory. Angels, cherubim and seraphim worshipping him. They don't have to be forced to do that. They just see his glory and do it voluntarily. Holy, holy, holy. In the superlative degree, they cannot describe how great he is. He sees him in all his glory. The post of the door was shaken by the voice of him, verse 4, who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. And so I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When you see God, and who He is, in all His glory, that's when you really see yourself. How wretched, how sinful, how hopeless we are. You say, that kills our self-esteem. Well, folks, if you want to have real esteem, you got to know how sinful we are. And thank God, he does not leave us in that status of wretchedness by his grace. He takes the initiative. When, we, when he cried out, lo, I am unclean, I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. He cries out in his wretchedness. And that's how salvation happens. When you understand how sinful you are, you cry out to God. Because he alone can save us from our sinfulness, from our wretchedness. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, hearing having in his hand a live coal which he had taken from the tongs from the altar, he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched my, your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. 
Thank God I don't have to pay for my own sin. Christ did on the cross. He died on the cruel cross, was buried, rose again from the dead. God took the initiative to save me and he saved us. But watch this. Thank God for his salvation. But many Christians, hundreds of them around the world, stop at their own salvation. And don't go beyond that. Verse 8, verse 7 and 8. Verse 8, and I heard the voice of the Lord, verse 8, saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. Not only that we are cleansed from our sins, but a child of God has to hear the first cry of heaven. The cry of heaven is what? It's a cry for missions. God says, I not only saved you, but you have a mission on the face of the earth. And the mission is to go tell the world my gospel. My son died for. He paid the price for. Go out to a world. Don't say why all this evil is happening. God says, you are my arms. Reach out and let the world be different than when you saw it. Reach out. Make a change. Make a difference. Be active on mission across the street. As I said, no passport and visa needed. And around the world and through many ways that you can reach out, respond to the heart cry of God. And as a Christian, we need to press our ears at the heart of God like John did at the heart of Jesus. And hear God's heartbeat. The heartbeat is, who shall go for us? Whom shall I send? Hundreds and thousands of people Sunday after Sunday. Get up and go. Great sermon and leave. But if you would hear his voice and respond, Here am I, Lord. Send me in whatever way I can. I want to make a difference. The world would change. The cry of heaven. God does not need anything. He has everything in his glory. But still there is a cry from his throne. Who shall go for us? Whom shall I? I'm glad my dad heard that cry. Left his hometown, came for 18 years, saw his children suffer. We lived in a middle class neighborhood. That's where we rented a house. Many times we had to wait. We could not pay the rent. They took us to court, all kinds of stories. Everyone had three decent meals and we would go hungry to bed. Many times I used to cry. Go to my dad, Daddy, can't you see the heathen? They feed their children. You say you worship a living God. And you pray and cry out to God every day. He cannot provide us three decent. I used to argue with him. I used to cry. But guess what, folks? I'm glad my dad did not pack up his bag, listening to the cry of his children, and go back south again where he came from, where he was a middle-class farmer. He could have three decent meals, at least feed his children. I'm glad his heart was close to the cry from heaven. Who shall go for us? Whom shall I send? Looking back today, every suffering, every hunger we went through, It's God's plan for our life. I don't regret anything when I see over 1,200 churches planted. I'm glad he stayed. I'm glad his heart was close to the cry of God from heaven. Who shall go for us? Whom shall I send? The second cry, there's a cry from heaven. That's a cry for mission. There's a second cry. The cry from the very hell is a cry for mission. You can write it down. Luke chapter 16, verse 27 and 28. 
The story you know, the rich man dies, goes in torment. There is a real hell. Without Christ, we end up there. And we got to trust him. The Lazarus dies, goes in Abraham's bosom. Watch this. In verse 27 and 28, the rich man who has never cried in his lifetime had plenty of everything. There is a cry from hell. You know what the rich man is telling? Father Abraham, can you send Lazarus to my father's house? There are, I've got five brothers. And I don't want them to come to the place of torment. Can you send Lazarus to tell them? 40,000 Indians die every day. As the clock ticks, so someone dies. 80,000 people die every day in Asia alone. And the overwhelming cry from hell is, if there is a good news, why not take it to my village, my town? Send someone. Send someone. Send someone. There are people willing to go. The difference between reaching a village is buying them a bicycle for $100. We can do that. Finally, there's a cry from heaven, a cry from hell. The third point is there's a cry of the human heart. Every human being has that. Watch the cry that Paul had in his heart that we all need to have. First Corinthians 9, 16 onwards, Paul says, If I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast. And he did it night and day after Jesus, the most famous missionary evangelist. Necessity is laid upon me. I don't need a mission sermon or someone to come and Shake me up and show those pictures to be on mission for God. God, Because it is my responsibility. It is my delight to do it. He goes on and says, listen to the words of Paul. Woe unto me. That means he pronounces a curse upon himself. Woe unto me if I do not preach, proclaim, share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul had a heart cry. That was his motivation. You know what? God can put that same heart cry in our heart. You're looking at a man. When he was a teenager. All the suffering we went through. I said, I'm, I'm going to have a family. I'm going to treat my children nice. And I, I cannot preach the gospel my dad preached. doesn't pay. I've told this before, but for new people, I always say this. Wanted to be a movie star. I said, Finney, it's gone too far now. I tell people I may not be a good looking American, but believe me, I'm a very good looking Indian. <laughs> I wanted to try everything possible. And the goal was, my heart's cry was, no more suffering for my children. And if God could change this selfish heart and put his heart cry in me, He can put that in the heart of anyone, everyone sitting in this place. And if enough Christians have that heart cry, the world would change. I don't want to walk into eternity one day and look back and see, hey, I had the opportunity to touch my world, speed up the gospel, reach those villages, fulfill the Great Commission, but I somehow, I was apathetic. 
I was caught up with my own heart cry, my own dreams. Maybe the, the dream house. And I'm, there's nothing wrong with the blessings of God that we enjoy. And God has blessed me over and beyond I could ever ask for. And he always does that. But guess what? I'm glad the heart cry is still there. Many times my youngest child, he's a teenager now. I've got three teenagers in the house. He used to cry and say, Daddy, why do you go? Why do you go for a month at a time? Five times a year. I'm, as I said, I'm going to cut my trip short a little bit in the future as our board helps us out. And, and I remember him crying and saying, Daddy, can't, can't you wait this time? The last time he cried, I went on my knees, went to Abel and said, Abel, you know what? That hurts me. But there are 465 children that are on the streets that nobody takes care of, nobody loves. Uh, Daddy wants to go and touch them. And I remember Abel doing this. Okay, Daddy, you can go. He still says, Daddy, I miss you. That is the hardest thing I do. Travel across America, around the world. But guess what, folks? This life is going to be soon be over. Let's prepare ourselves for eternity. And I walk in, into eternity into the arms of Jesus. I don't want to go empty-handed. I want to see people that I've touched. Through my going, many places I cannot go, I can pray. And I can definitely give. There's an opportunity there. I pray this morning you will have that heart cry. As we sing the invitation. Will you make your way? I'm not saying come to India or Nepal. He said there are many ways across the street around the world. God put that heart cry in me. If you can change Finney, you can change me. May this always be there. Let's pray. Father.